podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a flirt. Soon as I see her walk up in the club, I'm a flirt. Winking eyes at me when I roll up on them dubs, I'm a flirt. Sometimes when I'm with my chick on the this is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pit, joined by Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix in the building. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. You are now tuned in to Pop Culture. In the building, give you pop, 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 pop culture. Pop culture time. We are fresh off a taping with WTAP in Parkersburg that will be out Friday morning. Sometime around 6.45 p.m. for their daybreak segment. Just want to throw that out there in case you want to check it out. 6.45 a.m. a.m. Morning. 6.45 a.m. for their go. daybreak segment. Check it out with Zach Miles. Shout to all the people who made it happen. It was really, really cool. Philip Hickman, news director over there. We love that. But to get to the part you care about more than anything else is pop culture time. You don't get pop culture with the recap, but you do on the regular show. Today, we are talking about flirting. Urban Meyer was in the news for flirting, maybe doing a little more than flirting out in public. But there are so many people in this new age of dating apps who don't know how to flirt. In fact, there's an article written on Insider.com that said, I went to a flirting class with a dating expert, and she taught me her four surefire techniques to attract dates. Jeremy, I know you read the article, at least skimmed over it. What did you think of what you saw? First of all, every time I hear flirting, the first thing I hear is, so give me your number and I'll call and I'll, call. And I'll follow yourself to the, in the mall. To the mall. So, um, yeah, I, there's a couple of things I thought about this thing. It, first of all, it's kind of genius. Look, take advantage anywhere you can. And this girl is out on her hustle, out on her grind, taking something that I, I didn't know people needed help with. I, I guess I should have known people needed help with. But she turned into a business. That, that's a smart. business. That's smart. You okay? Um, and she's making a lot of money off of it. $10,000 for four months per client? Per client. That's what I wanted to talk about. I'm so glad you brought it up. Per client? Brandon, we in the wrong business. Jeremy, you know? she's making $400,000 because it said she had 40 clients. $400,000. For four months of teaching Who people how to flirt. Who pays $10,000 to learn how to flirt, Brandon? I knew it was a problem, but is there a real problem like that? You can pay $10,000 to make it a done deal where you don't even need no flirting. I don't understand how you pay $10,000 just to learn how to throw the bait into the water. When you could pay $10,000 to land a whole fish. Yep. You know what I'm about to do? I'm about to open up something for, for people who don't know sports but want to be in with their sports friends at work. I'm here on call. Anytime you need me, just text me any question, and I'll give you what you should say. That's what I'm about to do. I'll tell you what, though, Jeremy. Here's one angle that I don't think you're thinking about. When you think of flirting, you're thinking about talking to people face-to-face, engaging in interaction with a person, interpersonal communications, something you and I are very good at just Don't tell me what I'm thinking because face-to-face is one way, but Snapchat and uh, text (laughs) are another I agree. They are another, but what about dating apps, Jeremy? First, of what all, about I, dating apps? It's a different all, thing. Ne- first of all, I've never been on a dating app. Neither have I. That's well, Brandon, where, and I you're I, still dealing with people. The messages are still coming in the same way. People, yeah, but are Jeremy, people. you don't know this person from anywhere. 
All you've seen is their dating profile. You've got to get on there, be funny, witty, without being offensive, charming, without being overly nah. anything. Nah, I, I don't f- see there that many problems. You be you, you feel it out. Um, yeah, no, man, th- this is this is an everyday all right, thing. All right, oh, all right. So since this is so easy, give me your introduction, your first message to cold. This is a cold call. This is what they call in telemarketing a cold call. Give me your cold call to a female that I met on a dating app. Yes. Hey, you on a dating app? So clearly, what's your name? What's your side? I just creep up from behind. Ask you what your interests are. Who you be who with? You be with? No, but seriously, but seriously, but seriously. If I'm on Wait, a dating app, it. things that make you smile. What number to dial? Yeah. Uh, so, so if, if this person's on the dating app, it makes it even easier. You know, they're single allegedly. If they're not single, at least they're looking. They're looking. So you just say, hey, what you're into? Hey, where are you from? Um, I got a couple questions that I usually ask that breaks the ice. Yeah, you said where they're from. You know where they're from because it's on their dating profile. Okay, I have questions that I have that are standard that break the ice. And they're not like a – they are generic, but there's something to start if there's nothing to start or nothing to talk about. And then after that, you see where it goes. If they're talking a bunch – you play off their words. You remember what they say. That's important. Remember what they say. That means you listen. Then after that, you can play off it. Next time you talk, hey, what's up? Uh, how did bowling go? If if she says she went bowling or whatever it is. Man, today sucks. Uh, it's been raining all day. I know you love the sun, sunshine. So you need a basis, and then you build off that basis. Man, I'm a G. I should be on this. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as easy as you're making it. But at the same time, I could be wrong. I've never been on a dating app, and I don't think I ever will be. The, it's not my the, style. The other thing is, look, I honestly feel like a lot of times it's less about sometimes it's about what you say. A lot of times it's about how you look or how much money you have. I'll never I'll never forget this, Brandon. I mean, I'll never trip on this because this is the truth. Girls would be like, oh, my God, that guy is so, so much a creep. He just came up and said this, this, and that to me. Oh, my God, where's the world going? But if that guy was cute, she'd be like, oh, my goodness. He just came up. He was so, oh, my. He just said, can you believe it? It has less to do with what you say. And it's more important of who you are. Do you look good? Do you have money? Now, granted, now, granted, there's some things you can do to overcome that and be witty. But I'm telling you, it's, it's, I think it's more simple than what people make it. Yeah, could be true. All I know is I ain't paying $10,000 to figure out if I'm right. The other thing is this. This is not something new. Like, I heard this, and I'm like, man, this is, you know, it's happening in real life, so I guess it is something new. But then again, I've already seen this whole thing. I watched On the movie. Hit. I watched the movie Hitch. I saw him went down with, I don't know, Brendan. I don't know if, even what his name is. And and that's the only thing that changes me a little, because he's not trying to convince you that he's a person that that, that, that they're not, that they're a person that they're not. All he's trying to do is getting get an opening to give them a chance. That's all you need. That's what I always say. If I get an interview, that's all I need. That's all he's trying to do. Get the person to stay on longer, to give you a chance to find out who you are. So I kind of get it. Hats off to her, man. She's on her hustle. That Kardashian hustle. I am not mad at her at all, man. Get that money. I wish I could do this. I wish I would have thought of it, to be honest. Yep. But that's it. That's all we got. You tell me 
How do you flirt? Do you agree with this? Do you disagree with this? How are your dating sites? I don't know. Get at us. The RVK. Holla at your boys. Rat me, boys! I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RVK that you guys will love. Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, RASPY12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I got five on it. You know what? I love that music so much. I feel like I feel like we should do a remix on that. But it wouldn't do it justice because the original was so great. I'm your boy, Jeremy J. Enfine Phoenix. I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, aka I also hate pit. And coming into the bye week, being 214, we got five questions. And baby, you're gonna want to hear the answer. Hit us with it, Jack. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of I Got Five on it with the Raspy Boys Kids. I'm your host, Jordan, and we are going to get things started here with the first blank. Mike Casaza and Anderson saying the film showed a lack of effort against Baylor is blank. Troubling. You know, let it be known I'm troubling. And I know it's not exactly how it goes with the Tupac song, but that's how I feel. Losing because of mistakes is one thing. Losing because of penalties. Because of misfired snaps, because of turnovers, that's one thing. Losing because you just don't care and you are no longer emotionally invested, that is troublesome. That is troubling to my soul, and it makes me wonder, what is the state of that locker room? Daryl Middleton just came out with some report, his own words, to the voice of Morgantown, which was contradictory to the statement he put out on Twitter. But he said, basically, that there are a lot of people disgruntled in that locker room and that a lot of people will be entering the transfer portal. I just heard that from another source of my own source who said the same thing about a lot of people in that locker room hitting the transfer portal. If people aren't putting forth effort, that means they're not bought in. That is troubling. Yeah. It's foreshadowing. It's it's a foreshadow. 
I hope it's not, but I feel like it is. The thing that scared me is with a coach, you can buy in. And after some tough times, you can still be there. But after three years, my question was, especially after a loss like Baylor, are these kids, are these, excuse me, not kids, young men, are these young men still going to buy in? That was my that was my question. If they're still going to buy in, if they're still buying in, there's an opportunity. If they're not buying in, there's a big problem. Now we're hearing reports, non-verified reports, that there's problems in the locker room. There's people we, we see firsthand, Kerry Martin Jr., Daniel Middleton, transferring. Um, and th- there are unverified reports that there could be more to come. This could be a foreshadowing of, of, of bigger things to come. And I hope I'm wrong. And I hope that these reports are wrong, but it, like you said, it's worrisome. Number two, West Virginia's bye week will be blank. Needed. The bye week will be needed because there needs to be a hard reset on this program. They need to reevaluate who plays. They need to reevaluate how they play. They need people who are sick and or injured to get healthy. This bye week is very important because we were going further and further down the tubes week by week, worse and worse. This bye week is needed. This bye week is coach defining. I don't think there's going to be a bigger game in Neil Brown's history than when he plays against Texas Christian University coming up. We talk about losing kids, Brandon. I'm telling you, you come off a bye week, you've had a whole week to prepare. TCU is a good, good team. You are 2-4, and 0-7 oh on the road. This is it for the climb. I'm being honest with you. If we go in there after our bye week and get embarrassed, I don't know how many players, I'm not talking about fans. Who cares about what fans say, what fans think? I'm talking about the players who buy in. If you lose a locker room, it's over. And if we go in there and we have a dud against TCU, that's the reason why I say this is this is this is a Neil Brown coach de- defining. This is this is it, man. This is huge. And I said early on, we have to play well. No, no, no. This game, we have to win. Number three, Neil Brown saying this is disappointing, but not discouraging, is blank. Confusing? To me, disappointing and discouraging are basically the same thing. So that statement is confusing. I guess you could look at it as you're upset about the results, but you're not going to let it define you. It's not going to dictate your energy and your effort. Um, so that part I'm encouraged by, but to be fair, to be honest, I should say, Neil Brown has said the right thing at every turn, pretty much. So for him to say it's this, this disappointing, not discouraging is a little confusing for me. I feel that him saying this is disappointing, not discouraging is not how your players feel or your fans feel. Say what you want. I'm telling you, that's not how everybody feels. I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these players come out focused and execute from first quarter to fourth quarter. I want to, I don't want to say I want to believe in the climb. I want to win. 
So I want him to look good. I want Neil Brown to succeed because I'm not trying to deal with a new coach talking about, hey, give him time. But I don't know. I feel like that's a you thing, Neil. That's a, that's a you thing. I don't think everybody feels like you feel, homie. Number four. I feel blank about Kerry Martin Jr. transferring. I feel disappointed. I wanted Kerry Martin Jr. to come out here and prove that he wasn't. So first of all, I stood with Kerry Martin Jr. when he came out and, and said the things he said about Vic Coning. Not because I am of the same faith as Kerry Martin Jr. Not because I was there and saw and heard everything. But because you cannot have the things that were happening happen. Regardless of how you feel. You can't have that happen on a college campus. You can't have that by a public employee. So I stood by Kerry Martin Jr. And I expected him to come back from sitting out. Which So first he makes the complaints. Then he sits out because of COVID. Then you say, okay, this freshman All-American is going to come in and have an impact, especially with, with Tyke Smith and Dreshawn Miller leaving, and he does nothing. And instead of saying, I'm going to figure this out and make it better, he transfers. So now all the people, especially a lot of people who were on Vic's side, other people who have other ideologies, ideologies, they're going to come out and say every negative thing there is to say about Kerry Martin Jr., and it will not just be about football or playing. And it's disappointing for me. Um, I'm with you. And I'm going to steal your word. I feel disappointed. I'm not discouraged. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am though, man. There's a little play on words for Neil Brown. But um, th- because, of, because of the history and because of the timeline of everything and every, how everything transpired, this is unfortunate. Unfortunately, it's the wrong word. It's just disappointing. But it is what it is. You don't want to be here. Um, or or it didn't work out for you. Or whatever the case is. We have to go play on the field with the guys that we have. And, and that's it. And uh, I just don't know, man. I mean, like, there's, there's other people. We're hearing reports other people are going to transfer, too. But uh, look, we're three years into this process, so I hate to keep making it about Neil Brown. Neil Brown, look, man, next year is the fourth year, so I don't care what happens right now. And hopefully this is a cleansing. Hopefully. this That's what it is, Brent. Hopefully this is a cleansing. But if it's not, it will show its face. And, uh, the, the you know, you know, West Virginia and Mountaineer fans will go from there. Number five. Cincinnati's chances of making it to the CFP are blank. Slim. Very slim. And the reason they're slim is because of the way the teams in their way who are not currently in their way because Cincinnati is number three, but who will be in their way when the season is over if they stay the course are Ohio State and Alabama. Alabama lost on the road, in conference, in division, on a last-second field goal. The committee will not hold that against them if they win out and win the SEC, especially if they win the SEC over an undefeated Georgia who will also get in. So there's two teams. Ohio State lost to Oregon. Now, yes, they lost at home, but they made major changes after losing at home to a then-undefeated team, to a then-highly-ranked team. If Ohio State wins out, wins their conference over an undefeated Iowa, Ohio State will also be in. That's three teams. Then it's down to Cincinnati and the winner of the Big 12. So Cincinnati better hope the winner of the Big 12 has two losses. Otherwise, I don't see Cincinnati getting in. To the college football playoff. And I hear I hear what you're saying. I think their chances are pretty high. 
Well, you're sitting at number three, this deep into the season. You have wins over Indiana. Grant, that look, win doesn't look as great. You have wins over Notre Dame. But anybody that who has win a, also does not look great. Anybody who has a problem with their wins, go look at some other teams' conference uh, schedules. Don't just look at Power 5 and G5. Go look at their schedules. Cincinnati, what, what is it? Uh, possessions nine-tenths of the law. Cincinnati sitting at number three. You win out. If SMU continues to win, because SMU is ranked, if UCF can rebound and keep winning, they just beat BYU. If Cincinnati wins out, they'll get in. My problem is this. I don't think they're going to win out. If Cincinnati wins out, they will be in the CFP. They've been talked about all year. They handled their business. They went on the road and handled their business. My thing is, I honestly don't think that they will win out. They're going to lose one of those games, either UCF or SMU. But either way, we'll see. I think they have a high chance of making it to CFP, especially because there's no clear-cut juggernaut, unless you want to say Georgia. And I don't think they've played anybody, and I believe that they will lose in the, in the championship game to Alabama. So we'll see how it goes. I love how you say possession is nine-tenths of the law, as if we have not seen the committee leapfrog teams 100% intentionally based on brand before. This is true, but I think so early in the season, and it's been talked about all all seasons, just like a Heisman uh, Trophy contender. If a guy wasn't mentioned to begin in the season uh, as a Heisman Trophy contender from a small school, they're never going to make it. But if they are, there's a chance that they make it to New York. With Cincinnati, all offseason, it was talked about because they played so well against, I believe, Georgia in the bowl game last year. It was talked about all offseason about them. Then they come out and handle their business. I honestly feel like they have an opportunity. They have a better opportunity than any group of five school has ever had. Went out, and I think that they're in. But that that's part it. I agree with. That's it, man. I got five on it. We gave you gave you our feelings. Let us know how you feel. Because, honestly, I know we say that every week, but we, we really do care how you feel. And uh, get at us. Tw- uh, tweet us. Facebook us. Let us know where we get it right, where we get it wrong. Hit us up. Rack me, boys! Your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. I am very excited to announce a new sponsor to the RBK that you guys will love, Symbol. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off your favorite teams or whoever it is you want to invest in. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 Network and the Raspy Voice Kids. It's going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol, make a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, that's R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure you use the promo code 
R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, RASP-12, for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASP-12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are on to the roundup. Today we're going to talk about a variety of subjects, but I want to start with something that is hot and heavy on Facebook especially, but even bleeding into Twitter now. That is something Jeremy has complained about, something I complained about, something that so many of us complain about on both sides of the fence. And what is that, Jeremy? That is fan gatekeeping. People who decide it is their right, their responsibility to tell you who is and who is not a true fan. And everyone has their own criteria. How do you feel about fan gatekeeping, Jeremy? You call them fan gatekeepers. I call them Captain Fan. What are you, Captain Saver Fan? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious. I saw somebody say, if you're not with the climb, uh, uh, when things are down, don't come back when we're winning. First of all, who is you? Who are you talking to? I'm Brandon. I'm flabbergasted. These people trying to tell me who, my fandomship, what I can and can't. Have you lost your mind? Some of these Jeremy, people, Brandon. I'm sorry. Jeremy, I'm making up words again. Fandomship. I'm not. I'm, yo, I'm the king of that. I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here getting political. But I'm being for real. Some of these same people, the same people who said nobody's going to tell me whether I need to wear a mask or not. And on the flip side, you telling me who I can and can't root for and if I can and when I can and what I eh, get out of here. It's laughable. I'll do what I want. If I decide, hey, look, which I won't because I'm a mountaineer through and through. And as much as I say I want to, I can't help it. The only team I care about, the only team I really pay attention to is WVU. But if I said whatever I said and feel the way I feel um, and am irritated and heartbroken, don't you dare tell me what I could do later on in life. Cause trust me, baby boy or baby girl or whoever you is when they win, I'm celebrating. I don't care if I went, I don't care if I went on an Island, you know, in the middle of nowhere and never watched TV again. And somehow I come back and I see West Virginia national championship game. I'm going to, I'm going to root for him. So you've lost your mind. If you could tell me what I'm going to do. And got, speaking no, of no, that, no, no, no. You got the wrong man, chief. I don't know who you think you're talking to, but I'm not him. I Slim, so watch what you do. Jeremy, this off the fan gatekeeping, I feel exactly how you do. (laughs) I'm tired of people saying, this is what a fan is, this is what a fan is not. A fan is a fanatic, and they're going to have emotions, and they're going to feel differently about things than other fans. That's what's going to happen. So So save your little diatribe about who is and who's not. Now, if you're the kind of fan who only roots for WVU, when they're winning or only knows anything about WVU that when they're exi- winning? Yes, because that doesn't exist, okay? That doesn't exist. But if you are, if you were that kind of person, then I can see being called a Fairweather fan. If you criticize a team when they're not doing well, when you critique a coach or even some players without being disrespectful, that does not make you a Fairweather fan. I'll say that because Dreamus Smith, who played for WVU, who wore the old golden blue, said it's time for Neil Brown to get his butt out of town. And then just now, Grant Ligafelter tweeted, 
Anyone watching what's going on inside WVU football knows something needs to change. It's sad. Too many guys walking. Culture starts from the top. Never had this happen under DH and company. Carry on. And the second thing is this. The former players are getting involved and they're speaking their mind. Neil Brown is, is. But the current head coach is saying the same thing. When he went to to halftime at Texas Tech, he didn't say, yeah, you know, these guys are fighting hard and they're giving their best. We're proud of our gold. No, he said, this is unacceptable. And we apologize to the fans. In interviews afterwards, he said, everything they say is warranted. They're allowed to say that because we're not performing. He's not confused. And I promise you, them locker rooms, he's saying worse things than we could ever think about. I like to think the best of uh, Neil Brown, but with the current climate of coaches saying stuff that uh, we don't know about behind yep. closed doors. You never know. So so these fans who come at us and say, hey, and by the way, I don't feel like I'm disrespectful, but people who say, you say anything negative about the team, you need to, dude, the coach is saying it too. What, who, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? This is what it is. Accountability. So the Baylor game was a surprise to me because I thought we'd come out with more fire, but it was not a surprise to me that we lost. I thought we would lose. I just didn't think we would get embarrassed. Did you, Jeremy? Yeah, I I gave you my feelings. I I didn't think we'd get embarrassed. I thought that after the first half of Texas Tech where we were embarrassed, we bounced back the second half like, yo, this is who we are. It was really shocking to see that then we reverted back again. And that's where I'm really concerned, as we said on I Got Five on it, is there a bigger problem? Is he losing his team? Yeah, I'm with you. That's the thing I'm concerned about the most. Because if you're losing the team, that means you're no longer the guy. And we owe him too much money for him to no longer be the guy already. It's too soon for that. And it was supposed to be about building a culture. I could see not having the talent. The culture is what I am concerned about. Neil Brown was supposed to be a culture guy. He understood our culture as an Appalachian. He understood our culture as West Virginians. He understood our culture as a football guy. So what's going on? Are we making too much out of nothing? I don't know because I'm not in there. Brandon, I think the perfect But I no longer trust the media to tell me, even people in the media that I like, because they got so much so wrong so often this offseason. Yes, and we'll go there here in a second. Let me just pause that because I just want to say, when it comes to Neil Brown um, in this current climb, then I think the perfect analogy is if you have an ailment and you go to the doctor and he prescribes you something to get over that ailment, whether it's medicine or whether it's exercise or, or some kind of physical activity, the trouble is <clears throat> if you take it for a little bit and it's not working, you don't. You go back to the doctor and say, hey, look, doc, it's not working. There's two things he's going to tell you. He's either going to tell you, hey, look, keep at it. It's eventually going to work. You haven't taken it long enough. Or B, he's going to say, no, 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 no. It should have kicked in by now. Let me put you on something else. And unfortunately, Brandon, we're in that awkward position where with this climb, we're in the spot where we don't know. Have we just not given it long enough? Or do we need a different prescription? And that's where we are right now. You know, it's been three yeah. years in, and, and, and you know, usually you get three to five years, but it's tough seeing our team feel like they've regressed. So we're going back to the doctor saying, hey, what's going on? 
Here's the thing, Brandon. If that goes on too long, you know what happens? Eventually you say, this doctor doesn't know what he's talking about. He can't get me right. I got to get a new doctor. Yep. But I'm confused, Jeremy. I like the analogy. I do. But is Neil Brown the medicine or is he the doctor? He's a doctor who tells you what what we need to do to get better, what you need to do to get better. The team. So he's a doctor. He's a head coach. He's a doctor. He's calling the shots. Is it better recruits? Is it execution? Is it building the culture? Is it the he's prescribing what the team needs? You know what I mean? Yeah, I thought because see, I thought at first he was the medicine. And you figure out if the medicine is working, because if it's no, not, then you no, replace no, it. No, no, he's a doctor because, Brandon, he decides whether we're going to run and pass, whether we're going to play, we're going to make yeah, this Yeah, I get that part defense. of it, but what I'm saying is you don't change the medicine. You see what I'm saying? Like You keep taking the medicine or you change the medicine. That's what I'm saying, but if the medicine isn't working, if the medicine he says, is, hey, we're going to build on defense, we're going to do this and that, and it's not working, then, hey, maybe the medicine needs to change and say, hey, Instead of that, we're going to get better players, or instead of that, we're going to air the ball out, or instead of that, we're going to manage Garrett Green and, and Deggy better. He's a he's a doctor calling the shots. The doctor calls the shots. The doctor tells you what to do to get better. He's so Neil Brown is uh, is the doctor telling West Virginia football and West Virginia fans what we're going to do to get better. And All so, right, I like it. But here's the thing: what too. else in the roundup? No, I you know I I I, I can save it. About the wise man. Should I go with the wise men or not? Should I leave it alone? The wise men. There was a wise man who said. Oh, yeah. Go with it. All right. So so here's the big thing. <laughs> There's so much stuff, man. There's so much drama going on on social media that I feel like I need to say this. A wise man said, you know what? I'm not even you know, scratch it. This is our show. Proverbs 1812. It says. Expectation postponed. Makes the heart sick, Brandon. So you as Mountaineer fans, if you're sick of this, if you feel certain ways about this, you have to say, who made the expectation? Now, I'll be honest. Some of it I did myself. But also, the other people who made the, the expectation is Brandon. What did you hear about Neil, from Neil Brown and the coaching staff coming out of uh, spring training in summer camp? What did you hear? I heard that Deggie was the most improved player. I heard that the offensive line was much improved and they had the talent. They finally had some depth. I heard that Letty Brown was ready for a breakout season. I heard the receivers caught 110,000 footballs. I heard that we weren't going to miss Tyke Smith and Drayshawn Miller because that's what they said, that we weren't going to miss them. And I'm not coming at the West Virginia media, people who were at practice to watch the games, but I am, but I'm not, but I am because here's the thing. <laughs> I, I have, I have good friends who watch these games and who text me. Oh, look, Deggy looks really good. But even in the West Virginia media who watch these spring practices, who were allowed access, I had, I didn't hear one of them saying, you know what? I, I don't really know about the offensive line. I didn't hear one of them saying, I don't know about Jared Daigie. You know, he's working hard. He's a great kid, but I just, no, they were all on the same page. Nobody said anything outside that. So you know what? They made the Kool-Aid. They made the expectations and I drank them in. So now when you say you got to be patient, no, that's not what you said. No, 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 no. That's not what you said before. Before you were acting like everything was so great and we were going to be better than expected. And once again, I'll say it again expectation that you set West Virginia media, West Virginia coaches, 
the expectation you set when it's postponed makes the heart sick. So don't get mad at me when my heart's sick. And you've been telling us trust the climb. We're not climbing. We're going backwards. This is a descent. Two and four is a descent. 0-7 in your last seven road games is a descent. We're going down. And I'm not talking about a Mary J. Blige song. I was, this is start, I, was just, I was just about to start singing. <laughs> Go ahead. No, nah, this, is, this is a problem. This is the problem. If you're telling us we're climbing, you can say it's a slow climb. You can say it's a fast climb. You can tell us there are detours, but you can't go backwards. And that's what's happened is regression. Regression on the offensive line. Regression at the quarterback position. The receivers have been pretty solid this year, but the defense has regressed, not as good as last year, which is not a surprise because you lost players at each level. But still, regression. And now that we now that we don't have effort, now that Mike Casaza and Chris Anderson are telling us that the film shows a lack of effort, that it's a real problem, and it's hard to trust the climb. It's a slogan you came up with, not me. So it's hard to trust that. Climb you said it. You said it at best. This Braden. juncture, you said it best, Braden. Trust is earned. It's not given. And don't get it twisted. I know I get frustrated. I know you've heard me say a lot of different things over the time. Use some certain phrases for other teams. <laughs> and at the time, we're doing better that I don't want to say this week because they uh, they let me down last week. Um, but the truth of the matter is we're going blue forever. Like or to love it, whatever, we are golden blue. We are mountaineers. We were raised that way. We're with you through and through. So we're going down with the ship. We are just like all the 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 the, the players uh, <laughs> playing the instruments on the Titanic. We're going down with the ship. We're not going to get off like Rose. We're not going to get off of what we're going down with the ship. But playing our instruments, playing our instruments, talking noise the whole time. But this is the reason why this 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 part of the climb is just it's just not fun. It's just not fun at all. Now we want to talk the NFL. Brandon, any teams you want to talk about specifically? I want to talk about how John Gruden, his emails got leaked before any of Bruce Allen's, any of Dan Snyder's, any of the other people who were the ones who were under investigation with the Washington football team had their emails leaked. And you want to know why it happened that way, Jeremy? The reason it happened is because The NFL is ruled by the owners. Roger Goodell works for the owners. And John Gruden insulted, very viscerally insulted, the owners, and he insulted Roger Goodell. And when they had their chance to get back at him by leaking what he did, they did it. Is that an excuse for John Gruden? No, because at no time should any person say the things he said. And you can't use the the trope, it was seven years ago. Seven years ago, he was 48 years old. A 48-year-old man, man, that's how he feels. That's what he thinks. That's his thought process. To use the terms he used, inexcusable. And also, inexcusable in this climate. Like, the bigger issue. Because people will say, well, you've got people who've been arrested. You've got people who've beaten women. You've got people who blah, 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 this, that, and the other. And you're right. Those people do exist in the NFL. But those people don't keep revenue from flowing in. Yep. Bigots do. Bigots cause pickets. That's what happens. If you have a bigot, then there's going to be somebody protesting and picketing and saying, don't watch the but NFL. This is, but NFL. this is not wait, about wait, the bigot. Wait, 
And the NFL cannot afford that. And that's when they step in, when it's going to cost them money. The NFL like it or hate it, that's what happened. The NFL only stepped in once they were given the okay to. If John Gruden Gruden was 6-0, this would not have came out right now. John Gruden is in sixth place for the playoffs. You're acting like he's lost every game this year. They are in the playoffs as of today. If the the season ended today, they're in the playoffs. So that's baloney. They just got smashed. It's clear that they're not going. I don't. I don't think we're going to be in the playoffs. And they said, "Are you guys done? You're done. Okay, we'll go ahead now." I think the Davises said, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we'll we'll vote with everybody else. And let them go yeah. now." But I hear what you're saying, man. I hear what you're saying. One hundred. Yeah. If they, if they were the, if they were zero and four or or zero and five or one and four, then I could agree with you. But they were they're the sixth team in the playoffs right now. With, with a team that has shown that they can win games, I don't buy that they got rid of him because he wasn't winning games. Yeah, I, I kind of think that they gave the okay because he was done. But that, that's what it is. Let's stick in the conference. The AFC West, the Chiefs, I know you don't care about it, but I just want to say this one thing real quick. I know they're – I think they lost two, th- three games. Brandon? Yeah, they're two ha- and three. Okay. Brandon, if I asked you before the year – which AFT, AFC teams have a chance of beating Kansas City or competing with them? Name me some teams. Just off the top of your head. Top of, top of your head, what teams would you, would you have mentioned? Bills, Chargers, Ravens. Before, okay. their, before the Ravens injuries. And, and that's totally off the top of your head? From the AFC, yeah. Okay, Bills, Brady. Chargers, Ravens. Browns? Uh, huh? Browns? Browns, definitely Browns, yeah. Yeah, hey, get this. The Chiefs are two and three. And do you know who they've played? They've played the Bills. They've played the Browns. They've played the Ravens. They've played the Chargers. What I'm trying to say, you t- t- trying to tell you is they played the hardest schedule in the NFL so far this year. They're two and three. They've lost some close ones. But every team you mention, they've played. What I'm saying is their records are going to get exponentially b- better. They're going to beat these teams. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to get to see these teams that they played um, uh, that that you mentioned again. But don't get it twisted. The Chiefs have had the hardest schedule in the entire NFL. The Ravens, the Bills, the Browns, the Chargers—they've played them all. They have—they've had very little cupcakes. Hey, chill out. R e l a x. Shout out to to your boy A Raj. Yeah, I disagree because I don't think they can stop a nosebleed. They, even against Cleveland, it was up and down track meet. Oh, yeah. And and that, if that, you can't stop a nosebleed, then the other team can keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. I, I think that Andy Reid will adjust. Patrick Mahomes is great. They, they're missing that third receiver like Sammy Watkins was. They don't say it enough. Sammy Watkins left. Now they don't have that elite explosive receiver. Sammy Watkins was overlooked because of Kelsey and Tyree kill. He leaves. They need that explosive receiver. Now where are they going to get it? Oh, wait a minute. They just picked up. Oh, Josh head. Gordon. They just picked up old weed head. So we see if he has the football, if he does, you guys will have some problems. <laughs> we'll see outside of that, man. Um, I don't know what else you want to talk about. We could talk about the Browns. We could talk about the Bengals. We could talk about Pittsburgh. But it's all very fluid right now. Everybody's trying to make their uh, their marks in the NFL. We know we have MLB baseball going on. It's something that we will pay attention to as we get into the ALCS and the NLCS. <laughs> but not right now. So, <laughs> so, Brandon, you got anything else? Nah. Oh, yes. 
How do you feel about Dana Holgerson being 5-1 and one and in first place in his conference with his only loss being to Texas Tech? Okay, and I knew people were going to go here. So last year, there was a team who had the easiest schedule in the, all, in, in the history of ever. Their names were the BYU Cougars. Before the year started, I said, they're going undefeated because they played nobody. Brandon, and actually everybody listening, I'm not telling you who they played. I'm not telling you to look at their schedule. Uh, excuse me. I'm not telling you their schedule. What I'm telling you is go look at them their schedule yourself. Go look who they played. And when I say they ha- they are the BYU of this year, they're the BYU of this year. Dana Hol- Holgerson got a gift in the easiest schedule I've ever seen. But go look yourself. As as the great, oh man, I can't remember his name. Reading Rainbow Dude. LeVar Burton. As he said, don't take my word for it. But that's it. That's all we got. That's a roundup. Holla at your boys. Get at us, man. Another week, man. We got the bye week. We're going to regroup. We're going to have Mountaineer Madness coming up on the 15th here. I believe it's Friday. So the basketball season is about to kick off. So we have some more things to talk about, some more things to be disappointed with, or some things to be happy about. Either way, it's about to go down. Holla at your boys, the RBK. Podcast Network.